JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Back to your calls and more in a second. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Jake Query, he does join us right now for the morning show, Kevin and Query. You think this is going to work on any level, or are we going to see more of the same fluttering from this offense? I think they'll probably get some energy out of it and, you know, maybe a little bit of a spark, but you know, backup quarterbacks, I have always felt like the longer you go with them, the more likelihood that you realize why they're a backup quarterback. Now, Ellinger hasn't been given the opportunity, obviously, to show. I mean, you know, could he be all of a sudden a guy that it's like, oh, wow, you know, who knew the Colts had this in their wings all along? You know, certainly that's possible. But let me throw you, JMV what I've been trying to like kind of piece together this jigsaw puzzle, let me tell you what I've come up with. And then I want you to tell me if you think there's any accuracy to it. You ready? I think when it came to, for whatever reason, Chris Ballard is on record of saying, and I know that he was being flippant when he said it, but you know, saying like, Hey, if I draft a quarterback, then you guys are all going to kill me. And for whatever reason, the Colts have avoided doing that. That's cool. Because they've been able to dip into the well and, seemingly save themselves at the 11th hour when, with a quarterback situation. And I know that Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly, whatever. It was four years ago. That's a lifetime ago in the NFL. I'm tired of that excuse. It doesn't hold water to me anymore. But they they get Phillip Rivers. He's a nice player, but you knew it was a, a rental. You get Carson Wentz, probably thought it was going to be a longer rental. Jim Mercer was willing to take benefit of the doubt with that because he trusted Frank Reich's opinion. Didn't work out. So now it was Chris Ballard going out. Whether it's Chris Ballard or Frank Reich, I don't know. But Matt Ryan was, you know, obviously an experienced guy. You wondered how much gas was left in the tank. Has not gone well. He's been a turnover machine. The line that Chris Ballard was supposed to deliver for him has not delivered. Frank Reich comes out to make it very clear that the line let down Matt Ryan and they didn't uphold their end of the bargain. That, to me, kind of points a finger at Chris Ballard. But the bottom line is, I think what it came down to is Jim Mersey basically walked in and said, you know what? I gave each one of you guys your chance. Frank, I let you have Carson Wentz. Chris, I let you have Matt Ryan. It hasn't worked out with either one, so I'm done with it. I'm done with this 38-year-old quarterback shopping at TJ Maxx every two years. Done with it. We have a young guy that I want to see what he can do. I'm the owner of this team, so Sam Ellinger is starting quarterback. You guys figure out how to deal with that. Now, that's my P 
piecing things together tea leaves, tea leaves gut feel. And we'll, over time, find out if there's any accuracy to it. But you tell me, John, if you think I am completely off my rocker, Alex Jones-level conspiracy. Oh, I'm, no, I think that um, I mean, obviously the influence of Jim Irsay weighed heavily in this decision. I mean, how much? I'm sure it's going to going to be an opinion um, either way out of anybody you talk to. Uh, again, it was a, a heavy opinion. And I looked at it this way, Jake. I, I think that what you do in, in the short, you try to energize for the first time this season, other than the end of the Jacksonville game, or I guess the end of the Kansas City game. Let's just say it's been few or far between. This team has been incredibly boring to watch um, each and every night, day, They've trotted out there and played. You get a short-term re-energizing. You try something. You don't just sit there and and continue to try nothing. You get really an out to try it. I mean, even if you were going to try it anyway, you know, the whole shoulder injury situation, not practicing for Matt Ryan, you know, certainly gives you a a little bit more motivation to do that. Um, But they say they were going to try that anyway. And then if all else fails, you line yourself up to look ahead to the spring and, you know, go after that elite-level quarterback that Chris Ballard has uh, not, either Chris Ballard or Jim Irsay has not wanted to go after intently for a number of years now and still trying to band-aid over veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback. So I think at the time being, you appease a lot of folks and you kind of just consider a what-the-hell might as well type of stuff. But the owner had heavy, again, influence on that particular decision. He did in the elevation to the backup in Ellinger on the roster a couple of weeks ago and a major player in the decision-making here. I, I'd ask this, uh, and I've, I've got a couple of different things. How do you think the locker room takes it? Because I, I, I've heard that there's been some kind of you know, twisted notions in the locker room that not everybody's on the same page right now. You kind of got that yesterday with a quote of Michael Pittman Jr. talking about, hey, just, you know, throw the ball up and we'll go get it, have more trust in your wide receivers. So I've heard that the locker room's a little bit twisted. How twisted do you think they might be as far as this decision right now, three, three, and one? Not so much with an injured Ryan, Jake, but with moving forward as the Colts announced today, Ellinger being that quarterback regardless. Well, I think a couple of things. First, it depends on the player. If, you know, Jonathan Taylor's probably cool with it because it's probably going to be more touches. Maybe the line is okay with it because it gives them somebody that can, you know, that can scramble a little bit, takes heat off of them. But players that felt like this was a good opportunity for them to make a deep playoff run or that came here, Stephon Gilmore, for example. Look, to me and I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to sound like an alarmist. I don't know what the results are going to be on the field from here on out. But to me, this move says to me at the top that they have turned the calendar to next year. That, that, that's no, what it means. Yeah. What it means, yeah. you know, what, what yeah. it means to me is, look, it's over. It's over. Yeah. We're, we are – maybe they watched the Pacers the other night and saw Benedict Mathurin and Tyrese Halliburton balling out and went, you know what, maybe it's time to reset everything and go ahead and break up Turner and Sabonis. Maybe that's what the Colts have decided. But to me, it's over. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But they they don't want to officially, you know, you give the indicator. What they're doing, Jake, is they're they're making a decision that I think most Colts fans are on board with right now. 
I agree and with then that. You, I guess then you look at the record, you're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. I agree that you're looking ahead to the spring of the draft yeah. and finding a new direction to quarterback. They just don't necessarily have to make a move where some Colts fans can still be on board with, hey, the 3-3-1, three, three, and one, maybe you get a spark and you still have a chance. But, no, there's no doubt. I'll give you the heavy lean for moving on with it. No question about it. So my, the reason I say that, and it sounds like I'm, I'm – avoiding the, the answer i'm not but what i'm saying is if they have definitively decided that it is now turning the calendar to moving forward as a franchise then it really doesn't matter what the locker room thinks right now because the years will wash anyway you know i mean that's and i know that that sounds like a, a i'm trying to be defiant about it i'm not i'm just saying i think to me it, it's a it's peculiar timing because but they are so far back in the division, even though they're only a game back, they lose every tiebreaker now. They've won, they're, you know, they're, what, one yeah. and four in the division? Is that what they are? I mean, so to me, this is the owner saying, it's over. I, I gave each of you guys, Frank Reich, I asked you to deliver me a quarterback, and you failed. Chris Ballard, I asked you to deliver me a quarterback offensive line combination, and you failed. I'm the owner. So I'm going to go with my guy and we are, your work is, I'm not saying complete. I'm not saying they're gone, but Hey, for now, I trusted you guys to build something. And now I just showed up. Jim Mercer is standing in the front door and in the front yard, excuse me. And he's got a hammer under his arm, a, a, a paint bucket in one hand, a paintbrush under the other arm and a squeegee. I mean, he's ready to go ahead and, and repair all of the work that has been done before him. That's how I see it. And let's just say, for example, while I, I, part of me still certainly believes and has been told that you know, it, Jim Mersey has inspiration from Sam Ellinger and at 3-3-1, three, three and one, you still think that, you know, you wave the magic wand. But I, I completely agree with you. I mean, that's what's going to happen. It's not even so much about, you know, Ellinger or Ryan as it is, they're only going to be as good as that offensive line, and I've said this all season long. And when the offensive line is like that, they have absolutely no chance. So consider that thing not giving them a chance whatsoever. But I would also state this, Jake. If that's the direction you're going, if you are moving on, making this decision, going to Ellinger, then you've also probably decided that Frank Reich is going to coach out the season, and then you're going to move on from him too, right? Totally agree. And in my opinion, I, I, listen, to me, you got to take a look at Ballard also. Not because I dislike Chris Ballard. I don't. Not because I think that he's totally incompetent. I don't. But because this is an indictment of the areas that Chris Ballard was preached and professed and sold and billed to us as the fan base and media as being the area where he was best building depth in the trenches that then allowed for flexibility at other positions. Well, now lack of depth in the trenches is causing them to make a seismic move at the most important position in professional sports. There's no other way to look at that than to say that is the owner indirectly admitting that his general manager has failed and that his general manager's failure was something that and, and by that, I mean going out and getting Matt Ryan and, and building a line and whatever else 
was there to offset that attempt was there to offset a previous failure from Frank Reich because he was the guy that was going to wake up Carson Wentz. Neither happened. I, you know, where Jim Mersey goes in terms of his decision-making, I don't think that anybody's going to lose their job other than Matt Ryan in the next month. I could be totally wrong in that. But, again, I go back to – I just – I don't want to be the anti-Pollyanna here, John, but I can't see it as anything other than this was Jim Mersey walking into the meeting saying, guys, thanks for your ideas, but now it's time for my ideas. I'm not saying he's firing them. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, his idea, yeah, but but you got to understand, his idea was Matt Ryan. His idea was Matt Ryan because it was going to be anybody but Wentz. Go out well, and no, get me get a quarterback. That. So, I, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm with him. We're off of the owner here, but his idea was also the guy that hasn't played well this year. No, no, He's no, the I reason understand. why they were inspired to do it. I understand, but what I'm saying is he also was under the assumption that Matt Ryan was going to be protected. Yes, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so he is. so what he is saying is, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work because we got a guy, it, it, first off, we got a left guard that we just committed twenty million dollars to. That like his that that a guy that we that we decided not to re-sign turned into a turnstile. That that couldn't go over well. So that that illuminates the problems on the offensive line aside from the other obvious areas. So I just think you have an owner in Jim Irsay who rightly so decided. You know what? I, I I let the kids take care of the house while I was on vacation and I came back and there are too many leaks. And so I'm just going ahead and grabbing some wrenches. That's how I see it. Yeah. I just, um, Jay query from the morning shows on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. I, I, I do. I, again, heavily influenced by Jim Irsay. And when I mentioned Frank Reich, I think if you're believing that the season is over and I want to see my guy get some time to see if he's the guy, then you also know that your head coach is also going to be done at the end of the year. And I also view it this way. Chris Ballard's going to get another year, but I don't necessarily believe that if Reich is so egregiously in the wrong, I don't know why Ballard is not also there. I, that, I, I guess it's because there's – you know, you, you look at some of what he has drafted, right? And you go, okay, that's workable for the future. But as far as what you look at with the offensive line, that that was his. That that and that his grassroots philosophy, Jake, that has failed miserably, miserably this season. That is all absolutely on him. I could not agree more. I could not agree more, and my, see, my, my concern is this. The previous regime, and I know it's unfair to judge things based on the previous regime, but that's, it's, it's the barometer by which we can measure things. The previous regime was Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grixon. There was no secret in the end that they didn't get along. Now, I think I think it's unfair to say that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich don't get along. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they probably do get along. But I think they are being put in a position now to each scapegoat the other. And when Frank Reich comes out and says publicly, or at least it's come out that he said maybe it was privately to Matt Ryan, we didn't give you the offensive line that you needed. We, didn't, we did not deliver 
on the things that you needed to be successful. Well, delivering the things that are needed for Matt Ryan to be successful is not in Frank Reich's job description. And for Chris Ballard to to say, he hasn't said this, but, you know, if he were to say, for example, I felt like, you know, we didn't come up with the right schemes or we didn't do the right things to get Matt Ryan, we should have gone no huddle earlier or we, you know, whatever it might be, that would be indicting Frank Frank Reich. Like, I, I just feel like both are being put in a position now of finger pointing. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know that it has happened. But I could see it coming down the pike because I'm going off precedent. And what I know off precedent is if you don't have a general manager and a head coach that are 1,000% on the same page, you're in serious trouble. And what I do know is we have a head coach who was brought in essentially by the owner because the first choice of the general manager is not coaching here. So to me, it all has the potential to become a soap opera. I'm not saying it will, but I think absolutely the ingredients are there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I guess. I just think that this is going to go like we all kind of talked it was going to go. And, and the coach is going to be the first guy at the end of the year. If they were going to disappoint, he was, you know, right or wrong, and certainly it's going to be right. He'll, he'll end up being the fall guy, and Ballard will survive one more year when I, I think he should be right there. I, with Frank Reich, as far as what I mean, he has put together here, because, but, and, and, hey, hey, Jake, I'll let you finish. I just, with, with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan and his failures, it is a byproduct of the failures of Ballard, right? And we'll see about Ellinger. If Ellinger fails at this, it's another product of failure from Ballard. And, and to me, he should be right there, too. He's not going to be, but he should be right there, too, at the end of this year, it um, I, I guess other than him being, you know, a nice guy, I guess, who's got, you know, some picks and knows everything. It, it just to me, he should be right there with uh, with Reich as far as where you're going to weigh heaviest the blame on this team moving in the direction of yet another major disappointment. I, I I couldn't agree more in that regard. You know, the other thing that I'm curious about, I know that Jim Mersey likes Sam Ellinger. And I actually trust Jim Mersey's judgment on that. I mean, you know, I think he, I think Ursay's probably got a pretty decent eye for talent. But I also think that Jim Mersey, this may well be Jim Mersey saying, I'm going to give Frank Reich one last chance to show to me that he's a quarterback whisperer. And what better way to do it than to have an unproven commodity at quarterback that nobody really knows what the ceiling is and see if he plays well. And if he does, maybe that's because he has a veteran quarterbacking coach guiding him. And if he plays well, then maybe I realize that I do have something at Frank Reich. But barring that, you would have to assume that that, that is the first domino to fall. But it just, again, I go back to, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I just go back to, this to me looks like, whether it's true or not. Hey, hey, Jake, do you, do you think that this is – with this decision, are they surrendering? Yes. Have you ever seen a 500 team where they are right now surrendered? I know that you look at the tiebreakers, you look at their division. Have, have we, when's the last time we saw a 500 team surrender like this after seven weeks? 
yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. What I'm saying is if, if, if again, that's the case, because I think, I think that Jim Irsay believes there's something there. I don't, he does, I guess to a degree they do. I just, I don't know if we've ever, not with this team, certainly, but have we seen a team that says, Hey, if indeed they are looking more for next year, do it before Halloween with a 500 I mean, here's team. The thing, John, what other way is there to take it? You go from a guy that was your third. The, people forget this. You're talking about a guy that one of the biggest storylines at the end of camp was how they were going to make room to get a spot for him on the roster. Right. And now yeah. he's your, he is being placed in as your starting quarterback. And he may – listen – he might turn out to be uh, – maybe he is Tom Brady. You know, maybe he is, you know, I, I mean, Wally Pip, whatever, right? Or or he Wally Pips – but you get what I'm saying. So, like, that's possible. But you make the move at this point, in my opinion, only if you realize there's no coming back from the direction you're headed. And it was just yeah. enough. As I've seen enough. I, I have seen this was this was Jim Irsay playing the role of the dude on cable news on election night saying we have seen enough at this point to call the election. That's how I take it. We have seen enough yeah. at this point to know that we have to move forward to see what we have. And I commend them for it to an extent, because if they know what the one thing that we know for certain is this. The one thing we know for certain in 2022 is that regardless of how many games or trophies or Lombardi's Matt Ryan was going to win in Indianapolis, he was not going to be the quarterback here in 2024. We know that almost certainly to a fact. So at some point, the Colts had to say to themselves, look, it's great what we have in the now, but at some point we've got to find out what we have next. We've got to find out what's in the queue here. And now they're going to, they're going to, and, and, Maybe it salvages them and they hang around in a wild card spot. But to me, this is a move that is done for 2023. I think it's a last-ditch effort to see if you can build any, any fire, find any juice whatsoever. I, I think that there is still belief there. I, I, I do. agree with that except for them. John, I would agree with that except for that they've already said the quarterback for the rest of the year. Well, here's, what, here's what's funny about it. Because you guys played that soundbite. When was it that Frank Reich just said we had Matt Ryan? He just said that yesterday. He just said that yesterday, and then today you're making a change literally twenty less than 24 hours ago. No, actually more than 24 hours ago. He just said, well, we believe, I'm paraphrasing here, you guys know better than I, we have Matt Ryan. We have Matt Ryan. And now you're making, 24 hours later, you're making that change for the rest of the season. And I know that Frank is just telling everybody what everybody wants to hear. That's all Frank is about when Frank talks. He's telling everybody what, what they want to hear. You know, softening the blow of any edge of criticism whatsoever, any hint of criticism. But he just said that yesterday. So, yeah. I, I mean, this, that's, that's another reason why you know whose decision this was. Fair. I... I... <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just, saying, I, this whole thing sucks. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, 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 I wish it. I wish it. This whole thing sucks. I'm so sick and tired of dealing with this kind of crap. 
It just uh, comes with the territory. But this more times than not, you know, since, well, going back even, I guess, before 12, it's just been a stinking mess. And I'm, I'm so sick. People think that I get off on this negativity. I think this, this all sucks. It just does. You know, the, I want to make this clear so that people understand. That sounds condescending, but I know you. You and I talk a lot off the air. I know Kevin. We talk a lot off the air. We don't want the Colts to struggle. It's in our best interest for the Colts to, to captivate this, this fan base and have people crave information from it all the time. I don't like this. I, I've said to you a thousand times, you know, I remember the – I remember working a Hardwick's pipe and tobacco and sitting there and somebody coming in the cigar store and telling Larry Langley and I, like, did you hear the news? <laughs> Paul Justin's starting on Sunday. I've been through this song and dance a billion times. And it is more the norm in the NFL than it is having 12-0 starts with the same Hall of Fame quarterback every season. I get that. doesn't mean it's fun, and it doesn't mean we enjoy it. So I hope it works out, and I hope they win, and I hope Sam Ellinger turns out to be a great player, and he may well be. But it just looks to me like you have an organization that is grasping. They better. I, I hope they're wearing gloves because that rope is flying through the palm of their hands right now, and it's going to give them some blisters if they're not careful. Uh, is there anything? I know this is the big story of the day. Jake Cray joins us, and we're talking about Sam Ellinger elevated from the backup quarterback to the starter coming up on Sunday. Matt Ryan, again, has an injured shoulder. He wasn't going to practice this week, but they were going to make that move. Anyway, uh, I guess uh, nothing else really matters. Some people had asked me about Jonathan Taylor yesterday. Did Jonathan Taylor put himself on a pitch count, or was that right play calling? Or was Jonathan Taylor the one in charge of the Colts' Twitter account when in the fourth quarter they sent a tweet <laughs> that said run the ball? Yeah, I think so. When they I think so. Percent of the in the game. <laughs> I just, I just, you look at that yesterday and you go, well, this doesn't. Makes sense. I mean, I just, none of this, this makes sense. Let me ask you this. Do you feel right now like the Colts, in terms of their direction, have stability? No, no, I don't. Stability-wise, because of the way that they're built um, and contractually, you know, what they have invested on this team, to now have this bad season and then have to double back and, and have to to draft, you know, a quarterback that you're not going to work in. And, and again, I guess we kind of look at it as, you know, wanting our cake and eating it too, right? You wanted to draft somebody and work them in while you're still a, a good team, while you're still a, you know, a challenge-worthy type of team, and it doesn't look like that. And you got contracts out there, $20 million per for a left guard. You got a lot of cash sunk into an offensive line that's not just been bad, but one of the worst this season. That's the highest paid. You've just, you know, you bring in Stephon Gilmore, a guy like that, right? You bring him in and um, you're thinking he's going to be a difference maker because you're believing you're close and you're not close. There's just been a lot of decision-making disaster with this group. And that's the head coach. That's the general manager. And, you know, by circumstances, you can lump Jim Mercer in it as well because he's made decisions on this moving forward. I mean, they all three have a great deal of relatability in, in where this team is as far as the negative is concerned. 
Are we yet at foobar level? I know that's one of your favorite phrases. Are we at Oh, I think this is foobar. Yeah, I, I, I think this is without question foobar. I do. Because you don't have any answers. You, you, Jake, if Sam Ellinger before Halloween's your answer, you don't have answers. I hope, I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Listen, I hope we're both wrong. <laughs> I'm saying this. That it seems like this is like Groundhog Day. Well, I'm talking about something like this. We've been talking for years now, and it's just the same old thing. And you know, if you do get a reprieve and you get the opportunity to be positive about something, it's only fleeting, right? I mean, like Carson Wentz last year. Remember how excited we were after that Christmas night game, and then that thing ended with an absolute thud. So it's just kind of. You know, it's two steps forward and three steps back with this group, and it has been for a long period of time. My brother, I got to run. Tomorrow morning, you and Kev are going to be all over this bad boy, right, beginning at 7 a.m.? We will be. We will be. I appreciate the time as always, John, and we will be all over it. We look forward <laughs> to talking to people about it tomorrow. You got, then you had to drive all the way to Mulberry and tape something before the news broke, so I'm sure you're really yeah, happy you about that. That always works out well. <laughs> All right, my brother. I appreciate you. Story of my life. All right. We'll to Jay Query right there for the morning show. Kevin in Query, 7 until 10 a.m. here on The Fed. Stephen Holder joins us. So, I, from what I've, you know, obviously, I keep my ears open, right, Stephen? Um, yep. And the, a very high percentage, I called it a great deal of influence from Jim Irsay as to why we're going to end up, even beyond the shoulder injury of Matt Ryan, seeing the starter not just for Sunday, but for what they believe to be the foreseeable future and the end of the season, again, at Ellinger under center beginning on Sunday. Would you agree? Very high percentage? Uh, a thousand percent. Yes. One thousand percent. And in fact, in fact, we can go back further. The last quarterback decision that was made was also at yes. least in part driven by the owner. And I mean, right. Sam Ellinger being uh, promoted from number three to number two. So this is a trend. It's a continuation, I guess, of a trend that started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I have no idea what this is going to look like. Nobody does. But, but, I, but I think that much what we just discussed, that much we know. So Stephen Holder, way, if he is, yes, I just want to, I just want to add one thing. Sorry. Um, yeah, go ahead. I mean, Frank Reich was asked after the game yesterday directly about that, Ryan, and he said, "Hey, hey, hey, Matt is our quarterback." Now I know, I know, I know how that goes, right? <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. I understand yeah. all that, right? It's a no-win situation. He would never get up there and say, "I'm benching the guy." Ten minutes after the game, I get that, but. It was one of those things that was – it was one of those statements that was intended to make the point, like, hey, guys, let me be clear. I'm not out on this guy, you know? And, and I think he, he had a very clear intent in that statement. And so, you know, as we discussed in his, his Zoom call earlier, less than 24 hours later, you know, we're having a very different conversation. I, I think that tells you a lot. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Do you view this – because I do, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong, as the owner's lack of trust in some level of decision-making for the general manager and the head coach? Well, I, don't, I won't go that far. Here's what I would say. I, I think 
what you can take from it is that they're a team that doesn't have a lot of cards to play, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and the owner, we know this, this is not a stretch. We know for a fact, all right. He has been absolutely disgusted with what's been happening. Right. I mean, who wouldn't be? And so there are, there's only so much you can do right now. I was just looking this up for my second story of the day. Cause that's the kind of day I'm having. Um, <laughs> I was just looking this up. They've had different offensive line combinations. I think, to start the past five games. So that ain't the answer, right? They've tried throwing quick. They've tried throwing deep. They've tried to get the running game going. I mean, what the hell else are they going to do? Right. I mean, I get it. And that's, I actually asked Frank yesterday, like what next, what's your next move? What can you do? Are you out of options? Of course he didn't admit that they are, but I think they were out of options. And maybe this is perhaps an executive decision saying, Hey, this is the only card we got to play. Let's play it. They don't have any answers is what it comes no, down to. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. And, and, and I'm not – look, I, I don't know how to, how to characterize this. Like, it's, it's easy to say, all right, Frank screwed this up or, you know, whoever you want to blame, right? That we, can, we can all find a culprit. There's lots of culprits. But I also don't think anybody could have conceived what we are seeing. You know what I mean? Like – it, I could see a scenario where this thing didn't work, right? Like that's, we can all be pessimists, even, you know, in, in the optimism of the off season where everybody feels good about things. I think it, we can still at that point see, okay, well, I can paint you the scenario where it doesn't go well. I can do that. I've seen a lot of my time, right? But even at its worst case scenario that we would fathom, I don't think we ever saw it looking like this. Not in terms of the record. The record ain't really the problem. It's more so just they don't have any sustainable pass on offense right now. And I don't know, man. I don't. I almost feel sorry for Sam Ellinger because he's walking into this, this just you know, just an absolute, you know, dis- disaster. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, man. But I, but I agree. I mean, look, I do they know what they're doing? Have they screwed up? I, I don't know. I, I just think that. It's worse than anybody could have imagined. I would tell you they, were, they have been stunned by the offensive line's performance. Now, I'm not stunned that, that, some of the, that, that some of the lesser guys have not performed. I am stunned that Quentin Nelson's on his rear end all the damn time. I'm stunned by that, right? And I think they are too. And I'm, I'm stunned by the regression in Braden Smith. I mean, so there's just some things – I don't know that it's anybody's fault other than just, it just didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. And somebody will pay. Multiple people will probably pay. But, you know, how we got here, it's just, it's not that simple, you know? Stephen Holner of ESPN.com is via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And well, I'm going to jump back to this decision on Ellinger in a second, but I'm curious, and I know you haven't had the opportunity, obviously, since yesterday, um, you know, as far as talking to, to the players, and they got the day off coming up tomorrow as well. But is, is there is everybody on the same page in that locker room right now? You take the Michael Pittman Jr. quote, for example. Um, I think you could consider that not being on the same page with some of the play calls and how they're utilizing the wide receivers. So I think it's safe to say that maybe you've got some talking about um, the leadership and the direction of this team. That's three and three and one and incredibly disappointing so far this year. 
I think there's a lot of there's a lot of frustration, and I think you know when you when you have frustration in the locker room, questions start getting asked. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, look, I talked to some of the defensive guys yesterday, for example. None of them pointed fingers. All right, let me be clear; they did not do that. But do I think they're frustrated? Hell yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Stephon Gilmore, for example. I mean, this guy single-handedly took down a 250-pound running back in the open field and and saves a touchdown. You know, you'd like to get a win out of that. You know what I mean? And talking about Derrick Henry, you know, by the way, which was a, a play no one will remember because it doesn't matter. But like, that's a hell of a play, and those efforts go for nothing. You know, Grover Stewart. 12 tackles. I mean, one of the best games you'll ever see from a nose tackle. A freaking nose tackle. What's he doing getting 12 tackles, you know? And so I think that's where I, I think these moments are difficult in a locker room. You know, there's just there, – there are some players out there putting it, you know, putting it on the line and, and producing, and they have nothing to show for it and on days like yesterday. That's, that's frustrating. You know, as for the offense and, and Michael Pittman and his statement, I mean, look, I – I'll just say, I think Michael Pittman, like a lot of good receivers, like all good receivers, he wants the ball and he wants to go win. And I don't blame him. So however they get it done, I don't think he cares. I think he just wants the ball because he knows he's a guy who can make something happen. So I get it. I also understand that I don't know how they stretch the field just with the protection that they have. There's some realities there yeah. that, uh, that he's got to take into account too. Yeah. And I, I've said this all along. Stephen, that it, it starts with the offensive line. When that doesn't work, this whole team is screwed, and we've seen that um, with, with Matt Ryan and how he's responded. I mean, he's gone from being a 37-year-old veteran to making mistakes that I think, you know, under pressure we're going to see from Sam Ellinger in his first start coming up on Sunday. We're going to see some similarities there because that <laughs> offensive line is just not going to get better. No, I don't, I don't think it will. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Look, Tennessee's front is really good. And you got another taste of that yesterday. By the way, buckle up because, I mean, that team's not going anywhere. I don't know what they're going to be in the postseason, but, I mean, that, that team, they're going to see that front line, you know, again and again, right? And until they can block them, it's going to look like that. But here's the thing. Washington, <laughs> they're pretty good up front too. So this is not the best matchup from that respect or in that regard. You know, for Sam Ellinger to walk into. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think the Colts do have a little bit of advantage the first time he goes out there. There's not a lot of film. Uh, they they have only played him in the preseason where you're not really scheming people up, you know. So they have a little advantage here, and, and they may be able to get some element of surprise going and, and actually make some plays on Washington. But But that's a good defense too, so we'll see. I, I think they're going to have their work cut out for them either way. Uh, against Washington. Hey, Stephen, here's an opinion angle for you. Do you think that uh, Ballard or Reich or both would rather see Foles starting on Sunday than Ellinger? Uh, tough to say. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I would say this. I think had, had Matt Ryan gotten a shoulder separation in like week two, Nick Foles would undoubtedly have been the starter, in my in my opinion. Well, he would have undoubtedly been the starter until Matt Ryan got back. I think things have changed. The the impression of Matt Ryan certainly has changed, uh, at least 
from ownership, right? I mean, that is clear. Yeah. I, I think certainly there, there are questions. There are probably questions about Matt Ryan, uh, among others in the organization too. But, but I do think I do think that a majority of of people in the organization uh, think this boils down to protection, and that's the feedback that I've gotten. That this boils boils down to protection. Now, I, I that is taking into account the fact that Matt Ryan is is absolutely extremely immobile and that accentuates the problem. It does. That is no one is saying otherwise, but I also think there's an understanding. He can navigate half decent protection if it's there and it is not. So anyway, I, I, I'm not answering your question maybe, but I just think that had, had this happened before things started to turn that, yeah, Nick Foles would have been the starter and, and no one would have blinked an eye. Um, this, this sort of change, you know, toward uh, Sam Ellinger the last couple of weeks where he's been climbing and, and making a move, uh, that is directly related to the offensive production being what it is. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, it's not about Nick Foles. It's, it's not about anybody. It's, it's just we got to do something, and this is, this is what they can do. And I also think, by the way, I don't think you get a different result with Nick Foles with bad protection. You don't get a different result. He is basically – a poor man's Matt Ryan. So, you know, I don't think that necessarily even moves the needle for you if you're looking for a different kind of game. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How are they going to change up, if they do change up, the offense at all as far as how they're going to try to um, (laughs) present in a positive light with positive results? the first-time starter, Sam Ellinger, under center Sunday? Well, I, I think – all right. So, in some ways, let's put it this way. In some regard, this opens the playbook a little more because you can throw – you can have some bootleg throws, runs, and such, right? So, But in other ways, it restricts the playbook too <laughs> because there's a whole menu of things that maybe you don't trust Sam Ellinger to run. You know, and that's not a slight at Sam Ellinger. It's it would probably be the case with any young quarterback. You know, just you don't have enough evidence that he can handle, you know, certain blitzes and, and what have you. So I, I don't know, you know, certain looks that he hasn't seen. Now the kid is smart as a whip, okay? I am thoroughly impressed by him. He has absolutely incredible leadership ability. That is real. That kid gets in the huddle. And he has everybody's attention. That's real. They're not, they're not sort of, um, you know, gives, blowing smoke up your rear end on that. So, you know, it's a matter of, it, it's a matter of whether they can kind of tailor a game plan to him. I think that's what they'll do. You know, they'll they'll look at his strengths. They're different than Matt Ryan's strengths. So I think once you figure out what that is and where they can go with it, they they have enough in the playbook you know, to, to work with that they can, they can find some things that, that Sam Ellinger uh, can excel at. The last thing I'll say is, you know, how will it look? I, I think you'll have a lot more of a moving pocket maybe. I think that's where they can take advantage of Sam Ellinger. You know, uh, Matt Ryan basically has dropped a drop back guy who can maybe step up in the pocket, but you know, with, with Sam Ellinger, you can, you can roll him out. You can move the pocket. You can do some different things. You can do more, to help your offensive line with a mobile quarterback. So let's see what they come up with. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is with us. Is this at all a punting of the season? 
or they believe, they honestly, they, not just he, but they honestly believe in this move? Um, I think believe is too strong a word. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think they're because I mean we got to keep in mind they're still I know <laughs> what they've done in the division I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you but no, they they um they're still three three and one and to to many outside of the excitable percentage of Colts fans that have wanted to see this you know from the first time they saw Chad Kelly play um in the preseason they've wanted this all along you know, it would seem to others like maybe eh, you know what try this and what the hell we're going down the path where we're not going to make the postseason anyway and it just would seem odd because they're three three and one and this this seems like a yeah. major move for a team a lot of teams would probably love to be three three and one right now i know it, you know it's weird man i, I gotta tell you when frank announced it earlier today it kind of had like a, the mood was kind of a funeral. He was like, well, look, you know, guys, I, right. I, I just got to go ahead and put this out there. You know, we are where we are. Right. You know, <laughs> it was kind of like, you kind of feel like, man, are they one in six? But I also think their record is very much. Um, I, I think they have achieved this record very much in spite of what they are right now. They don't look like a three, three and one football team. They look like a one and six football team, you know? And, and I think there's an acknowledgement of that. Let's be honest. No one knows how the hell they got here. Okay. How are they three, three and one? It's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. Let's be honest. And the way they are playing offensively, even no matter who's on the schedule coming up, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And, and frankly, Let's say they fell into the playoffs and got in the wild card. I mean, do you want to see that game? <laughs> you know, I, and I so I think this is there's also the bigger picture here too, which is, okay, where are we going at quarterback? You know, we we don't have any long term prospects right now. The the only long term potential they have is Sam Ellinger. They, we don't know much about him. This is an opportunity to learn about him. But but you may, as you said, you may in the process end up punting the season. You know, the other thing here is I, I I don't know if I buy that they would have done this had had Matt Ryan not gotten hurt. It's easy to say that. It's very easy to say that. I don't know if I buy it. But, but they are saying the rest of the year, though. They are saying the rest of the year. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. But, but I'm saying that it allowed them the opportunity to make this move. It, it allowed them the opportunity. I mean – I guess what I'm saying is, you know, would they have considered it if, if Matt Ryan's sitting there, you know, in, in one piece and he's, he's ready, all right, let's get, let's get to the game plan for next week. Let's go. I mean, are you, it's going to be a lot harder to look him in the eye and say, all right, we're done. We're, we're not, you know, we're moving on. And then he's a team guy, but I think it, this made it at least a little bit easier. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was easier. So, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking out loud, I guess, you know, stream of consciousness. Have we seen the last of Matt Ryan under center for the Colts? If this thing sticks for the rest of the season, as Frank is saying, I, I don't see how you come back from it. And and also, I mean, would they would they go back to him when healthy? You mean after when the yeah. shoulder heals? Do they go back to him? I, I mean, you're going to have to eat a lot of words. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess there's a scenario, right? What would this all right? What would the scenario be? If would they go to okay? Let's say he's healthy and he's healthy and Foles is there. 
Um, would he be the backup quarterback behind Ellinger, or would it be Foles? Oh man, I don't know. That's, that's a good <laughs> I'm question. sorry, dude. That's my bad. No, no, I just, I, yeah, I, 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 I think, stuff, I think he's, he's done. I think question. he's done. Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I, I mean, at this point, I'm thinking 2023. I don't know what happened to their record this year. I mean, they are three, three, and one. Like they, maybe they look. I'm, I'm all for a good story, buddy. Trust me. Okay. Uh, give me some sports center time. Okay. I, I'll, I'll take it. You know, you know how hard it is to get on sports center covering the Colts, buddy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Hey, anyway, I've got, listen. I've got a, I've got a bail early today. So I'm give You're me, good. give me 15 seconds of an answer. Jonathan Taylor's usage yesterday. Was that more right? Not going to him on the run or Jonathan Taylor not being good to go. According to Jonathan Taylor. I, I think they were being cautious. They didn't, you know, Reg said he didn't have a snap count, but they had a planned, quote-unquote, planned rotation. So I, I think that tells you that they intended to kind of limit his touches, even though they didn't have a number on it. So that's what I saw. That's what I think happened there. I apologize. We have a Pacer game tonight and Colts Roundtable wow. Live coming up next. So I got a bail earlier than usual. So my fault. No, There's, good. I got I, deadlines anyway. Go I would ahead. probably keep you on here till about 7 o'clock if I could. That's my fault. <laughs> we could keep <laughs> <So>. going, too. <laughs> <laughs> we could, man. We could. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for hopping on here. And I know you got a lot to do, Stephen. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Never a dull moment. Yeah, no, no, that's unfortunate, too. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I-